Welcome back to Love Murder Current Affairs, our show about the cases of love gone fatally wrong that are in the news right now. Well, today we are really putting new evidence behind the frequent true crime phase, it's always the husband. This week features two shocking cases on husbands behaving very, very murderously. So let's dive in. Our first case is the sad story of Rebecca Bleefnick. Rebecca was a 41-year-old Illinois woman who was found dead in her home on February 23rd. Rebecca was a devoted mother and nurse. She was a mom of three boys, and her obituary read, her boys were her world, her life's greatest gifts. She was the quintessential boy mom, aptly illustrated by building Transformer Halloween costumes that actually transformed, creating custom first day of school posters each year and jumping all in with fishing and frog hunting and anything sports. Rebecca's career was also incredibly important to her. She was a nurse who had been nominated for the International Daisy Award for Extraordinary Nurses in 2020. Never one to shy away from a challenge, she was also a certified trauma nurse and sexual assault nurse examiner. As if that wasn't enough, she also volunteered for an animal rescue. Unfortunately, her marriage was less than happy. In 2020, Rebecca's husband, Timothy, was on an episode of the game show Family Feud. When host Steve Harvey asked him, what's your biggest mistake you made at your wedding? Timothy responded, honey, I love you, but said I do. He quickly followed it up with, not my mistake, not my mistake. I love my wife. I'm going to get in trouble for that, aren't I? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. A few years later, those comments seem not just callous and inconsiderate, but telling of something far, far worse. Timothy Bleefnick was a football star at Quincy University in Illinois and later went into sales. According to his attorney, the couple had been separated for two years at the time of the murder. On that fateful day of February 23rd, 2023, Rebecca failed to pick up her kids from school, something that was completely unlike her. A family member went to the house to check on her and found a scene of horror. Rebecca was dead seemingly from multiple gunshot wounds. On Monday, March 13th, police charged Timothy with two counts of first-degree murder and home invasion. The county's lead trial attorney, Josh Jones, said it was not a random act of violence. It is equally as important to recognize the event for what it is, an act of domestic violence. Timothy's attorney, Casey Schnack, paints a very different portrait, saying, The state's attorney's office appears to be coming out with a narrative that this was an act of domestic violence. And the fact of the matter is, there was no domestic violence that we are aware of. Tim does not have a criminal history. He has never been arrested for battery, domestic battery, anything violent, anything ever. There was tremendous pressure from the community for an arrest to be made, and naturally, the estranged spouse is going to be the number one suspect regardless of the other circumstances. We'll keep you posted as the case gets underway. Our main case today takes us to Colorado, and this one is fresh off the presses and attracting a lot of attention. Andy, I got so many messages about this one. On Wednesday morning, March 15th, 43-year-old Angela Craig was experiencing headaches and dizziness. According to Angela's family, she'd been complaining about these symptoms for some time. Her brother brought her to the hospital where she was met by her 45-year-old husband, James, who is a dentist. Sadly, Angela took a rapid turn for the worse, and she was put on a ventilator in the ICU. Angela was declared medically brain dead just a short time later. Uh. By Sunday, March 19th, the local Aurora, Colorado police had arrested James by the Major Crimes Homicide Unit and charged him with first-degree murder. 
Now, this is a pretty extraordinarily fast turnaround. And usually at this point, we would not have a ton of details. However, the Daily Beast obtained the arrest warrant affidavit in this case, and it is chock full of details. Outwardly, James and Angela appeared happily married. In November 2021, James Craig was recognized in a press release from Continental Who's Who as a, quote, trusted dentist for his leadership, commitment, and professional excellence in his role as president at Summerbrook Dental Group. The press release stated that, quote, Dr. Craig is happily married to his wife, Mrs. Angela Craig, for 20 years, who often helps out at the practice. They have six children, and they all enjoy the outdoors, especially camping, snowboarding, fishing, hiking, rock climbing, and mountain biking. They also enjoy visiting theme parks and are often traveling to Disney, Universal, and SeaWorld. Wow, that's busy. Yet, as is so often the case, that external view was not the whole truth. Behind the scenes, the couple was dealing with significant problems. The summer before that press release, Summerbrook Dental had filed for bankruptcy protection. What's more, at the time of Angela's death, the affidavit said that Craig was on the verge of bankruptcy again. Finances were clearly a big problem in the relationship. Again, according to the affidavit, Angela told her sister, quote, several times over the past 16 years that she was going to leave James, but said that James always convinced her to stay. Angela told her sister that James had run the dental office into the ground and that their finances were dire. Angela complained to her sister that James recently traveled to Las Vegas, where she said he gambled away over $2,000. What's more, their marital problems were not just financial, but also rife with infidelity. James had been sending intimate and sexually explicit emails with an orthodontist in Austin, Texas. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And as we'll see later, had even scheduled trips for her to visit him alongside dates he anticipated Angela being in the hospital. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Angela's sister also told the police that this was hardly James's first indiscretion. She told police that James had had multiple affairs with several women and had been addicted to pornography since he was a teenager. She also accused him of having tried to drug Angela five to six years ago. Do we see where this is going? We could do an entire sideshow on deadly dentists. Seriously. (sighs) So how did this most recent murderous scheme come unraveled? Angela's March 15th trip to the hospital where she would ultimately pass away was not the first time that she had recently had to go to the ER with these symptoms. A couple weeks earlier, Craig had prepared a protein shake for Angela before the couple worked out together, giving her extra protein because she said she was feeling sluggish. After the workout, Angela became dizzy and James drove her to the hospital. A couple days later, on March 6th, James told the office manager at his dental practice that he would be receiving a package and asked her not to open it. On March 9th, Angela was again admitted to the hospital for similar symptoms and was there until the 14th. Doctors could not determine the cause of the symptoms. On March 13th, while Angela was still in the hospital, the package James had told the office manager arrived. Another employee accidentally opened it, which I love that they accidentally opened it. And when the office manager peeked in, she saw a circular canister with a biohazard sticker and the words potassium cyanide. Does that ring a bell, Jess? Mm-hmm. I also hope that that employee not so accidentally opened it. Oh, seriously. I, like, love that because he thought he could control the whole situation. But humans will be humans. And I love a nosy human in these situations. It's the best. It would have been potentially a lifesaver, too. Yes. 
Concerned, the office manager resealed the package and Googled potassium cyanide only to discover that the symptoms of cyanide poisoning seemed quite similar to the symptoms that had so recently sent Angela to the hospital. Two days later, when the office manager heard that Angela was back in the hospital again with the same symptoms, she called another colleague who then got in touch with James's business partner about the package. When he received the call, the business partner was on his way to the hospital to give James moral support. My God, could you imagine? No, I honestly cannot. If if you were poisoning Dan and I was on my way to LA to give you moral support and I found this out, are you kidding me? Obviously shocked and concerned, upon arrival, he, quote, spoke with one of the attending nurses regarding his suspicion that Angela was the possible victim of poisoning. He gave the nurse the information about the potassium cyanide, saying that there was no reason their dental practice or any dental practice would need it. The nurse he talked to called the police and that kicked off the investigation. James actually confronted his business partner about it, asking if he had, quote, said anything to the hospital staff. The balls. Yeah, buddy. I told them that you maybe killed your wife. Mm -hmm. When the business partner said he knew about the package, Craig lied and said it was a ring for Angela that he wanted to surprise her with. When the business partner called BS and asked him why he would buy cyanide, James admitted the contents of the package, but claimed that Angela asked him to order it. This is absurd. Absurd. It was around this point that the business partner said, effectively, shut up and lawyer up. The investigation produced a lot more evidence about James's plans. The affidavit said that James's search history was full of things like buy oleander, which is a poisonous plant. How many grams of pure arsenic will kill a human? And is arsenic detectable by autopsy? He also read an article, Six Deadly Undetectable Poisons and How to Detect Them. My gosh. Oh my God, they never learn. This is mind-boggling to me that this man got through dental school and is still Googling this type of stuff. And doesn't know how to clear his cash. (laughs) Well, to get the cyanide, James lied using his personal Gmail and said that he was a surgeon performing a craniofacial reconstruction. On March 4th, just two days before the protein shake incident in Angela's first hospitalization, James got a shipment of arsenic to his and Angela's house. He also ordered a drug called oleandrin, an oleander derivative studied for use in treating cancer, but that shipment was intercepted (gasps) by the police. Yeah, you're not that smooth, bro. According to the affidavit, investigators believe there is even more evidence implicating James in the murder of his wife. In a statement around the arrest, Aurora Police Chief Mark Hildebrand said, When the suspicious details of this case came to light, our team of officers and homicide detectives tirelessly worked to uncover the truth behind the victim's sudden illness and death. It was quickly discovered that this was, in fact, a heinous, complex, and calculated murder. I am very proud of our major crimes homicide unit's hard work in solving this case and pursuing justice for the victim. Now the poor family's six kids have to endure what I'd imagine is going to be a very intense trial. Ugh, I feel so terribly for everyone involved in this, obviously, except for the dentist. I think it's incredible how fast the investigators moved on this and law enforcement. It is just a heartbreaking shame that it just came a little too late for Angela. It was just a fine line of how, you know what I mean? If that package came a day earlier or half a day earlier, it's crazy. But I'm very proud also of his partner. Yes, his business partner for ratting him out, as was deserved. So obviously, guys, this case is absolutely wild. We will definitely keep you updated as it continues to unfold. 
Until next time, I'm Jesse Prey. And I'm Andy Cassette, signing off for Love Murder Current Affairs. <laughs>